What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Not Just a Phase. Thanks so much for joining us again today, and thank you for being here. If you're new here, please check us out online at notjustaphase.net. We're also on Instagram at notjustaphase worldwide. We have a link tree there with all our streams and a Patreon link if you'd like to support the expansion of this show. So let's get into this one today. It's going to be a bit of a different episode, but it's going to be a cool one. Today's episode is a punk show podcast interviewing a podcaster who runs a punk show. We're going to talk about podcasts and punk music and podcasting about punk music. Oh, and playing punk music in a band. <laughs> Our guest today is a Canadian like myself, and he films bands live performances. Western Canada's photographer, videographer, podcaster, DIY documenter, and guitarist for the Canadian hardcore act known as Endgame. Spencer Priest is on the show today. He runs Scoped Exposure, which started by filming live bands and late, uh, years later also became a podcast interviewing bands. Obviously, I have nothing but a ton of respect and admiration for this man and his work, so we're pretty honored to have him on the show today. What's up, everyone? It's Spencer from Scoped Exposure and Endgame, and you're listening to Devil in Disguise on Not Just a Phase. <laughs> First take, absolute veteran. 
<laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today, man. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and I appreciate you having me on, Rob. I'm really excited to chat with you. Yes, absolutely. Me as well. It was, uh, it was a pleasure finally running into you and meeting you at New Friends Fest recently. It definitely was. Um, you know, I think a classic trope for any anyone listening to this who was at that fest, it was it, that festival is always like meeting new friends and seeing old ones as well. So it's just like this very wholesome just um, experience and weekend of just like great live music um, with people that are there for the right reasons. And I definitely feel very fortunate that, you know, Vanessa and the whole new friends gang brought me back out. Um, I was just before uh, jumping on this with you, I was putting together a little teaser video that I'm probably going to post afterwards and just reminiscing through all the footage. Uh, it, it got me really excited and hyped for sure. Yeah, it was a very, very crazy weekend. It was hard to get a hold of you because you were filming one band. And then as soon as that band would finish, another band would be playing upstairs. So I don't know how I caught you finally off stage. I'm like, hey, <laughs> I've been ch I was literally chasing you for two days just to try to get a chat in with you. Yeah, it, it is funny because like there's there's a difference. There's been very few festivals that I've I've gone to a lot of festivals, but I've worked way more of them than actually just attended as a spectator. So, you know, for, for anyone listening that doesn't know me, um, I film live sets of all the, the festivals and, and local shows that the scoped, um, you know, get us asked to, or it's just like a, a classic thing that I just like show up at the show and, and I do that. Um, so when it's something with two stages that are on different levels of the building and the changeovers are less than five minutes. Um, there's no time for a bathroom break. There's no time to, you know, say what's up and talk about whatever. I'm kind of in work mode and it's, it's the whole reason of what I like do as far as like capturing everything front to back. Um, and I think a huge thing for me, like when, when I was playing in bands and before I was doing this is that like, it would always upset me when, a photographer or, or someone else was doing creative stuff at the show, but it was only for one band or only like, uh, like the, the headliners that are coming to town, never for the whole gamut. So that's always been a big why and focus of mine is that giving the same level of uh, effort and documentation to every band that's playing a festival or a show. Which is so crucial and much appreciated by everyone. I'm sure all the bands are hyped as hell to see the footage. It definitely is a is a funny thing because I, first off, well, I understand, you know, maybe sometimes you can't make it to the entirety of the show, so you can only go there. Or like maybe you are a, a professional photographer and you're, you have to charge by, you know, per bands that are doing that. But I think if you're, giving back to your scene and you're going at it more of like an archivist standpoint. Um, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely sets that I filmed from new friends or any festival where I'm like, Oh, I know this is going to pop when I post it. Um, just with the, the energy and the craziness or maybe a certain just uh, like moment that happened that, you know, might turn into a meme after it hits the internet. Um, but I think another thing uh, that's been very cool, especially from filming new friends is that, it is a lot of bands that have never been filmed before. Um, 
you know, uh, Sound and Fury Festival that was happening in California the same weekend, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Steven, was filming a lot of those shows. And I know a lot of people are going to check out those sets just because of how big that fest is and how big some of those bands are. But what's interesting is that, like, all, I would say 90% of those bands have been filmed and have, like, a multitude of sets that are online. And I think the thing that's what's interesting with New Friend is that, there's a lot of people within Screamo and the DIY community who do documentation through photos, but not through video. So I think that's kind of a, it's kind of like a supply and demand way that I look at it, where it's like, uh, this video actually might explode because this band is so good, but they have never been properly documented in a live Absolutely. setting. Um, and, and people might rush to it. Um, you know, we were talking at new friends at, as far as um, I Hate Sex, which is a band uh, that was from Edmonton. Um, recently you had uh, Nicole on. And that set specifically, like when I filmed their last show, I'll still get comments and people like finding it and sharing it. And to me, it was just like, this is just like a local show that I'm going to to film a band's last show. But like for some, it's like, that's the only thing that they can go to to relive a band and reminisce about um about them after they're gone so it's uh it's pretty interesting just like the whole like you know marketing side of things when it comes to putting out live music yeah the lore is unreal i i was i forget what band i was explained to it was an international band and i was like yo scoped exposure is here they're like okay I was like, no, that that's crazy good. Like, <laughs> it was hard to explain that. Like, like that's that's very good. It's cool. Mm-hmm. So yes, very hyped to see that stuff. Um, as an homage to you, I gotta ask because I don't do the video. Yeah, uh, where are you currently doing the interview from? I'm calling from my office here in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, you know, I it most of what I do just relies from me working at from home. So I've just been hanging with the dogs all day in preparation for this. So yeah, that's where I'm calling from. And as uh, another homage, I'll have to give you a beverage check. What are you sipping on right now? I am just doing a classical liquid death, um, best water in the game, canned water. Um, I definitely had, I think, when I was filming New Friends, there was at least two that I was bringing in my in my backpack. Uh, you know, I know the the people seeing or listening to this episode won't see our, our back and forth, but I see you drinking a plastic water, and I might <laughs> Fiji. need to yeah, Fiji. Fiji. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's to, actually to each their water. own. It's actually tap water. This is uh, I'm just reusing it because I bought it, and I don't like to do one use plastics. But yeah. I'm a very well, plain water at, at least you're reusing it uh, versus, you know, that's the whole thing with liquid death for those that don't know the whole infinitely recyclable uh, aluminum cans versus, you know, death to plastic. But yeah, I'm just doing that. I had a, you know, next to me is the, the, the coffee from this morning. Um, and yeah, I've always, you know, for any, anyone that doesn't know, I always have some kind of beverage in my hand, especially when I'm doing these kinds of things. So you've, uh, you've done a bunch of podcasts before to chat about your work and your music, but what podcasts are, are you listening to in your free time? If you have any, that is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have never been asked that actually. So, um, I definitely think a huge inspiration, um, for me podcast wise is, um, it's called the H3 podcast 
and it's so it's not it's more of like a commentary comedy youtuber kind of show and uh i was following ethan and Ela, the the two that that run it before the podcast even existed and you know i think as much as i was raised on you know heavier alternative music i was also raised on a lot of just like youtube culture and you know following different creators and always thinking like that's something that i would love to do one day um and i think strangely enough like going into the hardcore world and the punk world and now being able to do this it's like oh you know maybe there's a a, a way to do that without it being corny and without it being cheesy and and some of those things but yeah i listen to a lot of the h3 podcasts i think a, a stylistic thing that i really take a lot of influence from is um all their stuff has uh especially in the last couple of years is all like live. So they'll just like be streaming to YouTube uh, live. They'll bring on guests, you know, they have segments. So that's something that I'm trying to shift a little bit more because as much as I love doing like one-on-one -on -one interviews like this, I know that most interview podcasts, the engagement is pretty much only reliant on, you know, uh, who it is. Very few interview podcasts get to a reputation where, they'll like listen to every episode because of it being, you know, I, I hate to use uh, this example because I don't listen to this podcast specifically, but like the Joe Rogan podcast is like one of those that's like kind of a unicorn. But even then, there's still a level of like, I don't know who this person is. I'm going to skip it. Or I am going to listen to this Joe Rose Rogan episode because he's having Post Malone on or Kanye West or like a specific figure. So I think as um you know h3 as a big inspiration to me you know they were doing interviews and now they pretty much do kind of like um uh, they'll have like different shows so there's like um you know there's their political show there's like the the friday that's off the rails and kind of it's a anything goes kind of show or this one this guest is always tuning in for so that's something that i'm trying to think of as well where uh the scope exposure podcast can have a ongoing one-on-one -on -one interview basis but you know we've also introduced like the through our lens podcast which is between uh it's hosted by myself and jessa who's a um kind of a western canada hardcore promoter figure uh one of like my best friends in the world um she runs damage control and is like helping me book the scope five-year fest and hold your ground in toronto so i'm trying to like add like little different variations of that ultimately to have it where most people will listen to the scope exposure podcast any episode that we do because it brings you know entertainment value information education whatever however you spin it um and then the interviews can just be its own thing where it is more guest reliant and focused but that's how i'm trying to make that shift um solely being based and influenced from that show um if I'm thinking about other ones that I want to maybe quickly plug, um, she hasn't done one in a long time, but I'm a big Marked for Life fan. Um, Davin, who runs it, it's kind of like more of a radio show. So she'll like pick a bunch of, and the thing that I love most about it is that she picks only hardcore and punk that was released after um, 2018 and on. So it's not like a, here's the super old eighties or nineties, you know, uh, uh, thing, which I think there is a time and place for, but she's so focused on just like the new and the current. 
Um, so she's in grad school right now. So it's like hard for her to turn out episodes, but her catalog is like her attention to detail and her catalog that's out right now. Like I could re-listen time and time again. Uh, so I'll give her a quick plug. And then if I'm doing one more, um, maybe I'll just, I'm going to cheat real quick because H3, I am an avid person. Um, but, um, you know what? I'm going to take a bit of a different um, suggestion. So I'm going to shout out um, uh, the Colin and Samir show. So again, mentioning that I was like raised on YouTube as much as I was heavy music. Colin and Samir are like two YouTubers that like grew up on the platform. Um, and their show is really an informational kind of like super highway about how to be a content creator and how to make you know that into a, a um, like a business that can sustain you and just talking about different shifts so instead of the other youtube focused podcasts that are more about like drama and like you know shifts that are happening they're looking at it more of like a business sense and i've definitely pulled a lot of good nuggets and pieces of uh insight of how i run my own show through them for sure I'll have to check that out. Um, it's funny that you, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Big shout out to Joe Rogan for being an inspiration to me. Only because, I mean, I figured, wow, they'll let any idiot have a podcast. I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that you mentioned him being a, a unicorn show in terms of podcasting. Because I, I agree, but also yeah. not, not a fan. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, I'm a firm believer at despite me maybe not liking someone or maybe having whatever or not or having it not be for me i think when you create an undeniable thing it's a little comedic or kind of sad to even like try to ignore that so you know joe Absolutely. definitely like laid the groundwork for yours mine and every other podcast oh, to no even doubt. just exist no doubt. yeah um <laughs> But, you know, it doesn't excuse maybe some of the things that like just where he lives and some of the the guests. But again, I think it's like, all right, that's cool. But I think this is also a thing I think of when it comes to, um, you know, bands like no one's at the top forever. So I think there's always people that like have laid the groundwork. But I think, you know, that helps propel bands or podcasts or other people that do anything within the scene to to um and just i think there's there's always a level of friendly competition when it comes to things like you know i know when endgame is playing like i want i'm like i want to have the best fucking set of this you know of this weekend or, or this day or whatever it is um uh, but that doesn't mean i want other bands to have a bad set i just want to do my shit so well and that's the same focus i take with uh scoped exposure stuff for sure yeah i'll back that so joey if you're listening we're coming for your throne <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> So uh, it's a pretty cookie cutter question. I'm sure you've answered it before, but I always like to get a uh, quick origin story on my guests. Do you recall how you first got introduced to punk rock? Uh, yeah. Um, how do I, I think definitely, uh, I grew up in a Christian household. Um, I definitely think alternative and screaming and guitar music, however you want to spin it, was introduced to me through like, 
the under oaths, the um, Devil Wars Pradas, the, the, the bands that I could listen to theoretically because, you know, they were talking about Jesus and other Christian related things. Um, so that was definitely a thing, you know, I was a Tony Hawk pro skater uh, soundtrack kind of kid as well. That, that was a big one. Um, and I think like, you know, fast forward, that was always just like, I just gravitated to that like tougher and just louder music because listening to things like hip hop or rap, just like, I just never felt like that was my thing. And I never found identity in that. Um, but when I was like checking out some of these bands that definitely looked like scarier than maybe I felt, uh, you know, it was, um, it, it made sense to me. And I think, I think a, a specific genre that I really latched onto was like melodic hardcore. So, you know, listening to, uh, I, I did a podcast with someone just yesterday where we were geeking out about close our eyes. So like bands, like close our eyes, bands, like means bands, like, uh, there was a band from, um, Europe that I really like called landscapes, any band that had like the singing, but also the, like the super passionate screaming and the breakdowns, but also the, the melodic nature that was kind of my initial introduction. And then, you know, I would have my days where I want to live, listen to my crazy pure metal music, like as lay dying or kill switch engage or things like that. Um, but I always found like reading the lyrics and being able to like uh, find identity with some of the things that I felt like I was going through as far as like kind of always feeling like an outsider uh, in school, at, which is a classic thing for a lot of people getting into this shit. Um, so yeah, that was definitely a lot of my intro and then, you know, hardcore and just more um, actual like DIY music that maybe wasn't as commercialized just started to trickle in just as it naturally does as you go deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. So outside of filming bands, interviewing bands and playing in a band, do you have any free time? And if so, what are you, what are you doing in those brief moments? <laughs> uh, the short answer is yeah. very little. Um, I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's funny because I think I have, really had to practice a lot of self-awareness for myself as far as like where I'm at, you know, I'm, I'm turning 30 next January and, you know, I've spent a lot of my years uh, in, in my later twenties, like doing all this stuff. And I think a lot of that, you know, self put chip on my shoulder or that drive came from a lot of my earlier twenties, just like um, not being at, the in the in the best place um you know i was i was diagnosed with crohn's disease in 2015 and a lot of years prior was just like me like not knowing what was wrong and just having um you know pretty pretty awful years of just like not feeling like the energy to be able to do things and you know i'm like not being able to go into work and it was just like I always was interested in all of the um, stuff that was involved in music and I had crazy aspirations and things that I wanted to do. And I almost felt like I was missing a, a key window to be able to do those things because you have smaller responsibilities and, you know, um, and just more free time. And, and then when I, you know, 
got on the proper medication and I kind of felt like, oh, I can be a normal person now, then I think it was just like pedal to the metal. And it wasn't like I had these crazy dreams that scoped exposure would fly all over North America and film all these shows. I purely just wanted to start it as a way to give back because I was actually able to give back then. Um, and the same thing with Endgame. I didn't really think that this band specifically would be the band that would break out of my local scene or my, you know, my province, but it, it has, and we're doing like crazy shit now. So I think, I think it was like a, a combination of like having my expectations just like low and then being pleasantly surprised when it actually caught. Um, but with all that being said, and going back to your question, I think I have realized that, you know, I do have my own levels of um, bandwidth and I want to be able to be someone who is, you know, reliable and can like, you know, stick to what I've uh, committed to and do that well. So I think that I'm in the midst of like kind of a course correction as far as like being able to prioritize different things, um, set up things where maybe I don't even touch it and it's handled by someone else. And um yeah, so that's definitely been interesting. Um, but yeah, as far as free time goes, it's very slim. Um, I think a lot of my social time is definitely spent when I'm at shows because I think the classic thing with any entrepreneurial venture is like it is a lot of just time by yourself and, you know, stay, staying up in the AM, editing an, a podcast or editing sets. Um, and that is not for everyone. And, um, but I also know that like, you know, good things don't come easy, um, to people. So if, you know, if I want to make an awesome hardcore podcast, that is, um, you know, everyone's listening to every episode and it's like one of the top ones in, in the world, like I gotta, I gotta like match those actions to that ambition. So, um, I would say when I do have free time, it's definitely like hanging out with my dogs, one who's sleeping just by my feet here, um, and spending it with my wife, um, trying to get a little bit more free time in the mix. So I could like, m my brain's m like just set up in a way where when I think about free time, I think about, okay, what can I like, how can I move the needle forward? Cause I was talking with Vanessa at the fest about this, where I like a huge uh, part of my life growing up was like playing video games. And there's a huge part of me that hasn't really, you know, when people ask me, Oh, have you played this? No, I don't, I haven't even bought the system yet uh, or, or even care to. And instead of thinking about, Oh, I just want to sit down and play video games and turn my brain off. My head goes to like, Oh, well, like, why can't I turn this into like, a scope gaming thing. And, and, and then it's like, I have to pump the brakes at times to be like, is this something that you need to turn into content for your channel or can this just be for yourself? Um, so I think I jumped the fence with that at times. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like to think that I use my time how I want to and free time to me is more set up in a way where it can just be intentional with spending it on other things that aren't for like other people outside of my family, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. 
So you're a Canadian like myself. Mm-hmm. Where exactly are you based out of and what's what's the scene like out there? You got some favorite venues, favorite bands you want to give a shout out to? Yeah. So uh, I currently reside in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, like I mentioned before. Um, ironically, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, so dead center of Canada. Brought, got brought out here um, shortly after me and my wife uh, got married. And uh, I th- definitely think being uh, based here now has definitely you know, grown because, you know, a whole reason of why I started Scope was to give more attention to what was happening in Western Canada and try and put that on the map a little bit more. And, um, you know, Winnipeg, definitely, I attest a lot of my early love for hardcore. And there was definitely an era when I was first going to shows with like killer bands that were playing, you know, every weekend. Um, You know, naturally, some of those bands don't exist anymore, or some of those venues don't even exist. Um, so moving out to Calgary that had like a little bit of a bigger scene, there's the local fest that happens here, just like more stuff that was happening. So that, I think that definitely helped with, um, growing the channel, but also growing my desire to do more. So, um, as far as like venues, um, there's definitely, um, certain ones that will pop up. Um, I think all ages is definitely a focus here. Uh, and there's great venues like Dickens or Commonwealth um, that are in the city, but those are all like 18, 19 plus um, because they're more bar related. But yeah, for all ages venues, um, there's a place that Jessa from Damage Control books at called Neverland. Broken City's all, always a good time as well. Um, and yeah. As far as bands, um, there's a lot of really cool bands from Calgary, Um, you know, obviously in in addition to Endgame, uh, but but really like, yeah, there's a lot of really cool bands. Um, I would say if I'm going to do a top three, let's say there's a band um, that is on New Damage Records called Trench. Um, They're kind of like if Slipknot wrote like hardcore songs. So like very heavy and like mathy, but like um, songs that are like a minute and 12 seconds. So a lot of really good friends of mine, um, really happy that they're getting on a label like New Damage and doing a lot of really cool opportunities. I feel like they are kind of a a hidden gem. Um, Another, uh, well, more Alberta band that I want to shout out uh, from Edmonton, which is two hours north of here, is called False Body. Um, Again, really great friends of mine. Um, They're a little bit more of like Converge-esque hardcore. So they have like the super crazy drumming. um, Low-key, I'm trying to get them to play New Friends 2023. So Vanessa or Rohan, if you're listening, definitely put False Body on. Um, They're unbelievably talented and I feel like they don't get enough love. Uh, They just put out a new record uh, just a couple weeks ago and it's uh it's definitely like long overdue to see that band doing some cool shit um and then if i'm gonna do one more uh there's a top threes are important so i want to i want to make sure that i'm not just like you know tossing it uh to another you know whatever (laughs) uh i i'm gonna give it to there's a young band uh from here called set straight um, a bunch of kids that have uh, started to come 
to, to shows here in Calgary, like four or five years ago and have, have awesome. They put out a, a really cool split with a band called broken Vow That's really popping in the States right now. Um, uh, but yeah, they've been just super ecstatic. Um, and it's really cool just to see a band that isn't like in their late twenties playing music, if that makes sense. Uh, so I'll give it to them, uh, for the, for the kids and the culture, uh, they're going to play hold your ground fest in Toronto where you're at, um, the pre-show. So I'm excited to, to see them rock and have an opportunity like that. So again, there's so many. Like if, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole, like scoped has just a, an Alberta band playlist to, to go through, um, on our, on our YouTube channel. So yeah, there's, there's a lot happening. I feel like just Alberta as a whole is gonna, is rival, not rivaling, um, but just like growing to the point of it being like a Toronto or like a Vancouver level, uh, of a hardcore scene for sure. So uh, outside of like filming and interviewing bands, you also semi-recently started playing in a metallic hardcore band called Endgame. It's 2020, so I guess it's not too recently, but it, it kind of feels like it, it was and wasn't at the same time. Basically, just, you know, want to talk about your band since we're going to talk about every other band on the planet today. Uh, <laughs> how did you guys end up forming that band originally? So I think um, when I moved to Calgary and I was filming so much, I just got you know, I, for a while I was like, you know, what would be super ideal is for me just to join up with another band and play second guitar, just with how much I was doing with scope exposure. Uh, and then the few bands that I reached out to, like, it just never made sense or it just didn't happen. And then it just got to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm tired of being on this side of the camera and I want to be the one on stage being filmed and, and performing and, and playing, playing some, some music. Um, and it feels like every band that I've started has always been in response to a lack of uh, representation uh, in, a, in a genre. So, you know, naturally every person from every scene can be like, oh, like that just, that sounds like Texas or that sounds like New York or whatever it is. And, you know, I find that there's always bands from any scene that's pretty much like the one outlier for you know if they're a power violence band or they're a beatdown band or whatever um so for me i'm a big riff head and i wanted to start something that was definitely thrash focused and you know because i love power trip and bands that just fucking rip so i the the idea of how it all came together is we were all most of the original members were all in vancouver uh for a festival that was happening out there and we all like I think after you go to a festival, you just get on a, a high of like, you know, oh, let's start bands. Let's go do this. You know, you just, you know, it puts a lot of fuel in the tank. So um, I, we, were, we all realized that we all wanted to start a band, but we didn't really know who else was looking or who wasn't in five other projects at the time. So um, it was kind of out of that. And then, so we started jamming a lot in 2019 played a few shows um kind of just out of necessity because like you know we were throwing different scoped events and you know we had the songs but we were kind of just like a little um lazy to record and like set that whole thing up and then obviously COVID happens um so we recorded our material kind of um uh, once things were kind of chill 
um, and you know, people weren't like lockdown, lockdown. Um, and then, yeah, we put out the demo in August of 2020 and it was wild. And like, again, like most of the projects that I played in, like I, I maybe had the expectations or thoughts that it could go somewhere, but like, it just never did. And this was the one where I'm like, I just want to play in a band that like plays local shows and allows me to scratch that itch when I'm not filming. Um, and now it's become kind of, it's kind of flipped now where it's like end game is getting opportunities where like, I have to be like, well, am I going to film ask to film this fest, but also play and can I do that? And should I do that? So um, there's definitely been a lot of times where I've like really had to like maneuver, like, especially for hold your ground that we're playing, we're playing first on the first day, which I think is the most ideal. Cause then I can just warm up I can play my set and then I just pick up my camera for the rest of the the weekend and just do that versus have to, you know, be filming bands and then put that shit aside. Like, I think, you know, going back, you're like, I'm trying to track you down at this fest. And I, I hate to, I hate to think that I'm someone that is unreachable because like, I always tell people like, yo, if you want, like, you want to chat or you want to do that? Like I'm always down. Um, it's just like, I might need to bounce because the band is starting or whatever. And it's never been a personal thing. I love talking with people. I love meeting new people. It's just what I am doing just requires a different level of attention to detail. So, so yeah, when it comes to end game, uh, yeah, we put out the demo and I think just ever since there, it's been like, slowly building it and scaling up and doing different things um we got a lot of different festivals before 2022 wraps up and i have a feeling that that will help just set up a lot of 2023 um we have you know new music that's you know in the works so it's definitely looking really um bright for us and i'm just like really fortunate and uh and grateful for anything that has come our way yeah, I'm assuming you can't give any uh, spoilers or any information on when the new stuff's coming. Um, well, it's not that I wouldn't want to, you know, do <laughs> yeah, an exclusive no, yeah. drop on your show, <laughs> but uh, it's it's hey, more that we haven't finished the uh, the the last thing we need to do is like the vocals and then obviously the mixing mastering. Um, it's going to be uh, six songs. It's definitely the best stuff that we've ever written, which is cliche as fuck, but it's true. Um, it's, I, I've told people that it's a lot of, um, it sounds like boss fighting music. If you're playing any like GameCube or Nintendo game and you get to like it's the awesome. end of, of yeah. it and you know, that shit kind of pops up. So um, yeah, like I, I'm really excited for people to hear it. Um, I definitely feel like we've just honed in on like i feel like devil in disguise like the track that that played earlier is like the showcase of us like really knowing who we are versus trying to be like the thrashy band and then this song has like more beat down elements and then this song is like a little bit more metallic i feel like endgame is a very accessible hardcore band when it comes to music like i think there's a lot of different people that could listen to it whether you love um, bands like Dead Heat or Prowl or like, you know, that thrashy side, or you like 
incendiary or Kublai Khan or like more heavier stuff. Or maybe you're just a punk and you went to New Friends Fest. Like there were certain people that like, I don't expect anyone to know who my band is at, at this festival. And when I, when people would ask and I would tell them, they're like, oh yeah, I've seen that pop up on my Spotify. So it's always, it catches me off guard at times with how, how wide the net can, can be cast when it comes to our, our music. But I think that's awesome. You're just saying you got to do vocals still. You just had a recent uh, vocal feature on Devil in Disguise um, from the vocalist of Scowl. How did that collaboration come to fruition? So um, Kat came on the Scope podcast to talk about, um, you know, what's going on in the new, the new album. And then we got to hang out a lot at uh, Promcore, which is a festival that happens in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they were headlining the first day. And yeah, like we've just been able to become such good friends with the entire Scowl family and camp. And they are just awesome people. And I'm like so excited for all the crazy, the even crazier opportunities that they're getting, like playing with Limbiscuit and like doing some absolutely like monumental, like put it in the history books shit. Um, and yeah, when we were thinking of people, I, I was watching just their upper trajectory and I'm like, okay, Scowl's never been featured on a song before her, her vocals are crazy. And it's like, you know, there's the personal homie connection. So like, I felt like the writing was on the wall, like, let's ask her. And she was more than down, um, fucking killed it. I just, you know, I gave, you know. She was like, what do you want me to do? I'm like, I'll just like write you a part and you can change it as much as you want or, you know, scrap it, like do whatever you want. And uh, she sent it back and it was perfect. Um, I think it's, it's, uh, it definitely feels like um, it just helps the song just feel like, like a whole thing. And we've had so many friends of ours um, that like, we haven't been able to do that part live with cat just yet um i feel like the first time it's going to be is scope five year where endgame and scow are playing together um so i'm excited to do that but we had so many friends who were like i call dibs on that part i'm like okay sure just come and grab the mic <laughs> that's awesome mm -hmm. so, so hypothetically you know if you could get anyone to do a guest vocal feature on an endgame track coming up in the future who would you love to have a, a collaboration with um <laughs> a personal pick of mine and this is partly because i think it would sound amazing but i think the it would look so crazy on just how it reads on spotify is if mike or mikey from neverending game um came on so it would say end game featuring never ending game i want to play a game and <laughs> the way that my marketing brain works, it would just be like, we would just pump the shit out of just like the, you know, never ending end game or like so something like that. Um, for Hold Your Ground Fest, we're opening day one, like I mentioned, but never ending game is closing out day two. And I like did so I, I posted something on my story about like, you know, oh, like, of course, both, you know, you know, ending bands are, are, you know, bookending this fest. And I think he responded, he was like, does the game really ever end? I'm like, you're right. <laughs> so that's, that's a selfish one. Um, purely for, you know, it would sound sick. And, you know, if, 
um if mikey is down like i would love to make it happen um but yeah there's definitely there's definitely a lot of friends that we've made through the band or i've made through the podcast where it's like you know i definitely want to inquire with them um and it's tough because when we did our demo we didn't really have any of these connections we were just getting our random friends to just like say whatever they wanted to and we kind of had how many features we we had two on the demo and then we had zero on the split one for the single so you know you can't be like the whole ep is just features but at the same time it would sound really sick if it was like every song or every other song had a feature so we're being particular uh we want i think a big thing with features is just like the contrast between our vocalists and whoever else that we're bringing on. Cause I've definitely heard records where I'm like, is that someone, is that the same vocalist just doing like a little bit of a different style? And then like later on, I realized, so I, I, it needs to be a stark contrast, but yeah, there's a def, there's a ton of people that are in our considerations for the new record. I, I back that as well. If you have like pretty much the same vocals, it's, it's like, why do the feature? It's gotta be a contrast. That's what makes it, awesome mm-hmm. and that's what makes it pop right right uh something i feel people don't really talk too much about um is who's doing the album art because i love your guys album art yeah so we've had a couple different people all do it's never been the, the same person uh despite it feeling you know pretty cohesive um so the demo art um uh, was I'm trying to remember her name. It was uh it was a, a friend of ours from down in Florida. She just like she's a she she would draw like tattoo flash and then she just drew this devil busting through a brick wall like a Kool-Aid man and you know giving the finger and we're like I think originally I was kind of on the fence about it but like the whole, the entire band's like that's the art. I'm like all right, you know. Well like we'll see and like I think that was the thing that caught a lot of people's eye initially when the demo dropped. It's just this like, you know, little hot stuff devil just flipping you off. And you're like, oh, I have to listen to this. I'm like, okay. So it worked. Um, the the split art is definitely like my favorite thing to talk about just because of how like ridiculous it is. Um, so that was done by, uh, I'm just going to pull up his Instagram so I can give him his proper plug. His name is Anto. Um, I randomly found him on, I think my like explore page on Instagram and he's like, he's based in Indonesia, I'm pretty sure. Um, but like his drawing and his style was just something that like really caught my eye. Um, his handle is at A-N-T-O underscore O-W-I. Um, and yeah, I hit him up and he was like, let's do it. And, you know, that was our split with Living in Fear. So we wanted to have the end game, you know, devil as well as the Living in Fear Reaper that they would commonly use. Um, and I wanted it to have swords and then the the monster that we were going up against. Um, you know, I, you know, I have this big background of just being an absolute fucking nerd. So I asked to... Um, I asked Anto to combine a Rancor from Star Wars with um, a Kaiju from Pacific Rim and Doomsday um, from DC. And, and I feel like if you look at 
look it up. It's like, you know, you can see the little different details of this. He absolutely killed it. He sent it to me. And originally the monster just had two arms. And I was like, yo, you need to pull a Pokemon and make that motherfucker a champ and give him four arms. And then it was like, okay, this is the nerdiest thing ever. So, um, so that's how that artwork came together. Um, and then the last one for Devil in Disguise, our good friend Seb, who uh, played in a band called Gasm, uh, also plays in a band called Category 514. Um, uh, they're an artist and we were just like, you know, we just want like a devil with like a bunch of, you know, like demons and just stuff around and, you know, make sure there's a sword in there and, you know, they pulled it off. So I don't know, a, a band that was really influential to me growing up um, on a, you know, songwriting aspect, but also like, you know, tying this in with the artwork was a day to remember. So all of their records had, you know, the silhouette of the guy, you know, whether he's, you know, looking at people in an hourglass or like, you know, there was always the guy. And I felt like there's, that's just a subtle way that I've tried to like include a character in every cover of a release and almost doing it like um, kind of like Groot from the cinematic Marvel universe where it's like starts off as a baby and then it's like now it's kind of like a teenager. And now we're kind of like an adult and hopefully by the next release, you'll probably see uh, a steroid out, like just monster of a devil with a tiny little sword or, or some, some kind of weaponry. But um, final yeah. boss. <laughs> the final boss. Yes, exactly. So, Oh, man, I'm glad this, uh, this mic's got a, a mute on it because I was, I was laughing pretty hard and you're explaining <laughs> how nerdy that album art is for the split. I'm like, oh, Yeah, man. yeah, there's, there's a lot of aspects. If I can give you one more nerdy point uh, oh, please, just on please. the music side. So, um, well, I guess it's actually two. So it's a two for one. So the first song off of the split, because we started, is called Feel My Steel. I'm a huge Halo fan um, that like, I feel like I wouldn't be doing anything video related or anything like that if it wasn't for Halo, um, just through things like Machinima and, um, and you using that game to, to make videos. So um, when I was writing that, I realized that the, one of the intro riffs that I wrote was like, I was like, this sounds familiar. And it took me a week to realize that it was, essentially like the very classic halo 2 like like but i realized it was one note off so i was like okay i can get away with it and i want to like just double down on this like really happy accident that happened so when we were bouncing the song i was telling my producer that the song length needed to be three minutes and 43 seconds um because i realized like when i had the demo before we recorded i'm like oh this is really close to it depending on how how long the ring out is but 343 is the current company that makes all the halo games so that was like a nod to them um and you know we've opened with that song with different halo samples like before and after um and then going back to the very beginning of the actual song title, Feel My Steel is a nod to the GameCube game, I Ninja, where it was one of like my favorite games growing up. And 
when you're hacking and slashing through en- enemies because you're kind of like this little ninja character and you're kind of doing this um he says feel my steel when you're just like cutting through people so i was like that's that's that song name and we're gonna add all these swords in the artwork and and a slice in a sample so that song just i feel like that's the biggest that was me really realizing with this band that i want to do whatever i want and to have it be as like you know like do first and think later you know like i just wanted not to think something like was going to be weird or corny or like not accepted and just like just really do stuff that like makes like brings me joy and makes me happy and i think that has resonated with people as well so you know i i don't know how many nerdy points we're at when it comes to that you know the that there release is no there's no there's no limit <laughs> It actually weirdly reminds me, I think it was My Children, My Bride had an entire song about Halo. Headshot. 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 Yes. Yeah. You remember that? It's an old one. I, I banged that on repeat many yeah. a times it's back a in the track, day. Right? Yeah. <laughs> great track. I thought it was cheesy, but cool at the same time. Like, I'm not super into Halo, but I, I do game a lot more than two. So I was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, like, a lot of people don't know, like, the whole like Steve Vai crazy guitar stuff was something that um, Mario Donald, who was doing the original scoring for all the, uh, the Halo games was like, you know, you have the, like the opera choir, like the, the monks or whatever, like singing that. And then like, it was his idea to do it. And I listened in an interview where Microsoft was like, like top people at Microsoft were trying to gatekeep, like, can we like chill out with some of the metal music that's on that? And like Marty O'Donnell essentially said, fuck (laughs) you, we're doing it. And then it became like this huge thing. So if I ever get to thank that man for sticking up for guitar music um, to all the (laughs) executive people at Microsoft, you know, my life will be made for sure. (laughs) That's awesome. I wish I was better at Halo. I was quite trash at it. I'll be honest. Um, Which game did you play? Oh, the first one. When it first came out, there was like a place downtown we could like, just like pay five bucks and play for an hour mm, and yeah. i'm just like bad with xbox controllers and they were new at the time too right so I was xbox like, are weird. X- original xbox controllers are one of the worst controllers ever so chunky i will give you that xbox yeah. 360 controllers i think are one of the best controllers to ever be made i'm but... still not an xbox guy playstation <laughs> all the way it's what i started with it's what i'm sticking with respect yeah but to get off of uh of halo <laughs> and, and video games <laughs> How dare you? I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> if you had to pick like just one band, because I know there's so many for this question, but if you had to pick just one band that isn't getting enough attention right now that you love, that you think deserves more hype, who would you want to shine a spotlight on? Um, Spirit World. Spirit World is a project by my friend Stu. Uh, they're out of Las Vegas. They put out arguably the best thrash record of that year. And they, they're they one of those bands that's like slowly like just doing different things because Stu's got a crazy job. And, and they're, they're a band of people that are not like a bunch of youngins. Like they're just like actual adults that have those things. But now they're doing that. But Pagan Rhythms is like a crazy crazy record like if you love 
like Slayer and like pure Metallica thrash music, like that record, like I've listened to it front to back, like more times than I can recall. Like when I got like my Spotify wrapped or like any check, anytime I check my on repeat, it's always there. Um, but I don't see them getting, I feel like they're going to start to maybe get some of the people to actually, um, you know, check them out. Like they're doing a tour with, uh, creeping death, 200 stab wounds ingrown. Uh, they're just playing a, a few of the dates on that tour, but they are just so goddamn good. Um, yeah, I would, that was the first band that came to mind. If you love like real, like true, tried and true thrash music that's the record to listen to i've i've taken so much inspiration on just like my guitar work from that band Connor, do you know the difference between a cop and a criminal one day just the call Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. We got Spencer here from Scoped Exposure and Endgame, and lots of stuff coming up for the band and the brand. So I got to ask, where's the camera heading coming up? Where's the band also heading? What's coming up for Scoped and and what's coming up for Endgame? So for Scoped, um, you know, we just did New Friends Fest. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of editing on those. Um, I think the the biggest ticket item that's coming up that you know we'll be 
documenting, but it's also in celebration of Scoped is our Scope five-year anniversary festival that's happening August 26th and 27th here in Calgary. Um, it's truly still like kind of like fucks with me how crazy of the lineup that we've been able to put together and um, and just like bring such a really cool event to anyone who's like supported me or just like anyone who just gives a fuck about Western Canada hardcore in general. So uh, for those that maybe haven't seen the poster, we have Strife, who's like inarguably one of the biggest hardcore bands from the California scene. Um, they're coming up just solely for that event. And I'm truly excited to see how crazy that is. We have uh, some young guns like Tsunami and Scowl coming back. Uh, we also have I Am, which is one of my favorite current metal bands uh, coming all the way from Texas. Um, there's another band from Texas that I really want to plug uh, called Ballista. Um, became good friends with all the people in those band in that band and really excited to have them up. Um, there's a band called Change from the Pacific Northwest that's coming up. Um, and Constraint, Gates to Hell, uh, the list goes on and on of like super sick bands that I'm really excited to have. Um, the... <laughs> so funny i i sometimes i when i'm on an air and on an airplane and i don't have you know music downloaded i'll just like kind of try to purge my constant overgrowing camera roll and i'm just kind of going through and then i get to the the photo of when we first checked out the venue and i kind of like my heart skips a beat a little bit just like you know envisioning on how that whole weekend is going to pan out um it's definitely going to be as far as like scope production scoped production levels um tr i'm gonna try and make that like my steven spielberg kind of moment like as crazy as i can like with as many cameras and just really like i really want to make those videos as like as as great as as i possibly can uh shortly after that i'll be down at hold your ground fest in toronto um bands that are headlining that are mind force never ending game Pain of Truth there. Uh, Queensway is playing the um, the pre-show, and there's tons of other great bands. Um, wild lineup. <laughs> wild. wild lineup that's going to get insanely wild um, when it's happening. Um, for Endgame, uh, we're playing both of those festivals that I mentioned. Uh, we're also playing a fest in California called Northern Alliance, uh, which is really, really exciting. We're um, E-Town Concrete's playing, Comeback Kid, Lionheart, Hoods, like insane hardcore acts that I definitely feel uh, super just in, insanely grateful to be able to even just share a stage with those people. Uh, tons of friends and a lot of people in California that have been waiting for us to play there, um, you know, are finally getting that chance. And, you know, it'll be our US debut. Um, I... In November, we are playing a fest uh, in Tulsa. Um, I mentioned Promcore. It's now named Act Like You Know. So we're going to be playing that. And I'm just going to say it because uh, I'm sure it's eventually going to be coming down the pipe. But there's a fest that's happening earlier in that month um, called Snow and Flurry Fest, uh, which is a fest that happens in Minneapolis. Um, you know, so we're trying to plan kind of some shows in between those two festivals or, or some variations of that. But like I mentioned, Endgame is trying just to get in front of as many 
people and do some dope shows um, to help set us up for a lot of next year. So we're just kind of firing on all cylinders for the rest of 2022. But, you know, I think anyone that knows me knows that I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so yeah, I'm just really excited, you know, to, uh, for, for everything that scoped and Endgame has done this year and what we have yet to do. Yeah. Massive congrats on the lineup for scope. Like all of those lineups sound crazy, but like people who are outside of Canada don't realize how hard it is to get bands here. Um, like even in Toronto and Ontario where I'm at. So let alone like way the fuck over there where you are to have all those bands come through is so impressive alone. That, like, right. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like the strife ac- acquisition actually, like anytime I say it, it's just like, it's cooked. Cause I know a lot of people that would like are just a little outside of the normalcy of hardcore these days based off, you know, life or just personal preference are coming just because Strife is playing. And I think that is like super crazy to like, you know, be able to connect with Andrew and the rest of the Strife gang, um, you know, just through other, you know, you know, work things. And, you know, now I'm just like becoming, become friends with all of them. Um, and to be able to have them up is, a, is an absolute honor honestly um and even the bands like scow like scow's come through uh a couple is played once in calgary and this will be their second time um and being able to hang out with them being able to hang out with my friends that i've made in tsunami uh i am is a band that came in 2018 that like just blew me away it's like i am was one of those bands that the minute i saw them with like very very little previous knowledge but like it they sold me immediately and i've been able to see them uh once or twice afterwards and um getting to now book them is just like it's it's crazy how a lot of things in my life especially this year have come very full circle um yeah so many rad people that i i made it i tried to make it very intentional and for it to make a lot of sense of who I book for our anniversary shows versus like what's the craziest lineup we can have. Um, and, you know, opportunities like being able to talk about the behind the scenes um, about the fest is, is something that's helpful, but I've always wanted to, you know, it was funny because the last time we did an event like this was our two year anniversary, just with the whole COVIDness of the world. So when we did our three and four, you know, we did things like, oh, we did like a special podcast or we did like a pop-up, but like five years is a time to celebrate. And, uh, and we wanted to do it the only way that we know how. And um, yeah, I'm just super excited for everyone to enjoy the, the party that we're, that we've, you know, put together. Fucking hey, I'm excited for you. <laughs> What's the, what's the furthest place you've traveled out to film a band so far with Scoped? I think it would either, because Toronto's already pretty far, but I think I might need to just do, I can just do, I'll, I can do Somewhere this. in the States maybe? That, uh, well, I would say probably Tulsa. Right. Um, it's either Tulsa or Toronto, and I'm just gonna, I'm I'm literally doing this while we're recording. That far apart. It it might be. We're gonna we're gonna see. That's so, cool. a flight. 
No, I don't want to do a flight. That won't tell me the distance. Will it tell me the distance? I might keep this in. Yeah. No, I want you to. <laughs> so to Tulsa so from wrong. Calgary is just under 3,000 kilometers. And okay. then to Toronto, do, 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 do. keep it in. It, oh, okay. So Toronto is just over three. But honestly, if I'm like eyeballing it, I think Toronto is the furthest. That's not. I, I, I think just by a hair. So Toronto is also like an hour outside of Toronto. So once you land, like <laughs> another. True, travel. true. That's probably it. It's like I land in Mississauga and then it's just getting to a Toronto yeah. venue is the thing that takes it over the edge. A, a good hour for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. So that's probably, that probably answers that question. Um, yeah. We, we wild. haven't done anything overseas yet. Um, not to say that I'm not against that, but um, you know, it's it's a lot of work to be able to like leave everything that uh that i have going on here and and be able to you know just be at a fest and, and filming bands but uh it's it's definitely sick i uh, i don't take any opportunity that i've had for granted i gotta ask on the uh on the downside what's the worst like filming mishap you've had happen in the career so far oh my god that's a good question thank you i wrote it myself Sorry, I, I make that terrible joke <laughs> way too often. No, it was auto-generated on Google. Um, greatest recording mishap. Yeah, or filming mishap or gear malfunction, something like something's gone wrong, I'm sure. Hmm, I'm trying to think. Um... Okay, I don't know if this is the like the greatest like it it burned me the most, but I think the f the 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 one that's coming to mind that I think is funny, but it did end up like kind of fucking with the video a little bit is when Jesus Peace played Wild Rose Hardcore twenty nineteen. Um, the first song, I had a drum cam set up, and Lewis, their drummer, who's like a phenomenal drummer he there's like a break in between this like this going into like a very big breakdown and like there was just people going off for jesus it was the very first set that we put out just because of how crazy it was so there's this break and i didn't know that this happened until i saw the footage but what happened was lewis looks directly at the drum cam without hesitation grabs it pulls it up and it, it's just got this little gopro on it gives it the finger puts it back down and then like goes into the the hits Sick. and it looks awesome but yeah. just by nature i didn't see it and i didn't have someone on stage to read adjust the camera so the rest of the set for the drum cam it's like <laughs> kind of like 45 degrees kind of like like off Worth and it. i was like yeah, it was worth it. And, you know, it was, it was hilarious to, uh, to just have that in. And there were moments where I kind of like cut to it as a, um, you know, as a, as a point of reference, but you know, I, it's not the most ideal thing to have a, a drum cam, but I feel like it was worth it. Um, yeah, but I've had, you know, cameras overheat, cameras stop recording. Um, I haven't been like fully kicked off of stage 
but I've definitely been like booped off, you know, some stage just, divers just foot feet, just, just you know, yeah, I would say booped is <laughs> the, yeah. So, um, it's always been at bigger festivals that there are just more hype people going off. And usually at those, I have a couple cameras running. So even if it's like, I'm hyped and I want to stage dive and I got no one to pass my camera to, I'll just put it down and then do it. And I know that I'll just cut to whatever else is happening. Um, but yeah, I haven't had anything that's like, oh my gosh, like everything is ruined from this day or this show. Um, at least that comes to mind or even if I want to talk about, because some of those maybe I don't want to relive. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been one of my bucket list chats. Um, oh, is, dude. Is there like one band on your list that you have um, that you haven't interviewed yet or that you haven't filmed yet? It could oh, be either or. filmed and interviewed is two totally different things. You got one. Um, oh, absolutely. One, I'm sure you've got a few still, but if you have yes. to pick one, let's get, know. let's do a top one for each, please. Um, interview wise, I want to interview Jamie from Code Orange. And I really want to interview him because Code Orange is sonically a band that I have like really liked and it's been cool to see their progression as that band gets like just more as like okay this is just a metal band but like remembering but they're a band that still remembers their DIY roots and and ethics remember when they were just kids exactly (laughs) exactly um but you know he is someone uh you know it, he's a bucket list person as well. There's been like times where I think I have him on the line and then it goes dark. And then I kind of, you know, w- you know, that, that line is always set and, and ready to go. Um, so that would be on the interview podcast side. As far as bands that I would love to fill. Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's a lot of bands at, at the next couple of festivals that I'm definitely like, damn okay you're knocking everyone off your list already <laughs> yeah you're yeah i think you're like who has- well there there's like there's um there's current bands but then there's like oh this band did like a reunion or something that would be crazy so i'm gonna go that route i think a band that i would love to film and they would need to do a reunion and truly i don't know if this would ever happen would be means and like I mentioned earlier in the episode, Means was a, you know, uh, a band that is kind of from the prairies uh, of Western Canada that that started their own face on records. Their last Winnipeg show was like my very first, like true hardcore experience. And their the show after was their final last show in in Regina. And at this point in my life, I wasn't like driving out to to see shows, but. The person that filmed it, and again, this is a totally different time. So like whoever filmed that show, I'm not trying to shit on your work or anything like that. But at the time, it was just like the way that things, like it was fucking packed, but I could tell that just like the camera placements and the technology at the time didn't give it the the true documentation side that I wish that I could rewatch that set time and time again. Like good audio, like everything. So um I know a couple of the guys in means that I've been able to make friends with through the podcast and other ventures. And so there's a 
very selfish hidden goal that I can maybe convince them to do a one-off reunion show. And whether that's in Regina or it's in Calgary or Winnipeg, wherever it is, I will be there and I will have Cameron in hand to film that because that would like truly be like one of the biggest full circle moments for me. So those would be my two picks. Jamie from Code Orange to interview and Means reunion show. 2023 i don't know i'm just putting it out into the world maybe it happens (laughs) just willing it into the universe yeah when we when we met at fest and i forget how we started chatting but you got on the topic of means i was like holy shit i haven't heard that band name since i was like a teenager yeah people remember that band that was wild like i i it's one of those bands that for me i'm confident that if they said hey we're playing uh a reunion show it's gonna only happen once and it might not we might not do it ever again. It would sell out in minutes. People would travel all over the world to see that band. I, I truly think that they were just so ahead of their time and just impacted so many people from different walks of hardcore with like, and, and I feel like that anytime I bring them up on the podcast, people are like, oh my gosh, I love beans. And um, yeah, so that, that would be a I'm manifesting it. It's it's gonna happen, and whether or not it's involved <laughs> with scoped things, uh, I will be there to film, and we'll probably hand off my camera multiple times to sing and go crazy. Um, but yeah, that would be my pick for sure. So I'm I'm only 31, and you said you were turning 30 soon. Mm-hmm. But uh, fair to say, you've been in the game a long time. You got your seen your citizenship bad pun intended what's uh what's i have my hardcore working visa yeah 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 you actually do right (laughs) um so what's some of the good and bad changes you've seen within the community since you since you got into it until now because i know we had a chat about this at fest so i wanted to get this on record here totally stuff that's changed yeah um i think a positive change that i've seen is that hardcore and i i say this all the time on my podcast is like more of a it is a genre but it is just so like the umbrella term that describes the community that we all are a part of so there are super classic new york hardcore bands bands that like you know have your fast parts into like a build into a two-step but there are so many hardcore kids that have started power violence bands thrash bands beatdown bands um like 2000s metalcore worship bands um and i feel emo bands screamo bands can't forget the emo and screamo of course can't forget the emos Uh, (laughs) but (laughs) i they all come into this one place and we all celebrate it and we all look at that as a net positive versus trying to silo genres so i think that has been something um that's been positive. And I think also another positive thing, just to tangent off of that is that I think post, you know, post pandemic air quotes, cause you know, we're still in a bit of that. Um, I think a lot more people are listening to newer bands and newer music versus putting a certain library or era on a pedestal. And that's all they listen to. Um, so, and, and that's been something for me. I've always checked out new music. I've always been an advocate for that, but I feel like in the pandemic, when everyone was locked down, like 
it was like, okay, this is actually getting old because like, that's all I can do right now. So I'm going to go and check out new shit. And I think that practice uh, has increased for a lot of people. So I think that's a good thing. Um, something that I don't like. Yeah. Any negatives? Do you want negatives as far as like I'm seeing a, a decline or just something that is just a constant problem that hasn't been theoretically solved? Yeah, any I guess problem that hasn't been theoretically solved, like something negative that you would like to have changed within the community. I think something that I wish people paid more attention to or reframed was just overvaluing the the name of where a band is from so i know a lot of people will completely write off bands because they're from canada because like oh like, that's, fucking lootly thank that's, you for saying that yes yes yeah it's, sorry go it's, on go on no, no no it's it's like it's wild for people to be like if i say california you're probably like you probably have a little bit of a bias to be like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll check that band out if they're from yeah. the Bay or LA. LA. Hardcore. Yeah, there you go. Totally. New but York like hardcore. Oh, they're probably sick. Right on. The fact that like one of the biggest bands that's breaking out and totally blowing people's minds right now is Ingrown. And that band is from fucking Boise, Idaho. And like, it's this thing where like, it takes one band to actually put that scene on the on the larger map and and you know then people go down the rabbit hole and check out bands like rejection pact or state of suffering or witness chamber or other really cool bands um that are from boise um i try really hard to like find those bands and then go down and be like okay who are the who are these bands playing with in their area and then really realize it's like oh there's like good hardcore bands everywhere so I feel like trying to reframe in, and again, that whole thing with like Canada, um, there's our, there are people that just like completely write that off. But I feel like, I feel like some of like, there's some insanely good bands that are coming out of Canada right now. And I feel like, you know, just infiltrating um, the States a little bit more and just being in people's faces and being like, yo, we're, we're from an entirely different country. Yeah. And we're about to rock your faces right now uh, is, is going to be a good move. And that's definitely a, a why for Endgame to do so much in the States that, that I want to. Um, and I think kind of a tangent off of that as well is that a lot of people from smaller scenes put these scenes that have the buzz and the bands and the you know 2,000 people that are showing up at a show, they kind of put it on this pedestal. Uh, of like oh like for us to be successful we need to do uh like we need to go there and not really focus on what they're actually doing within their own scenes and building up their own communities so you know a good friend of mine his name is cam uh he plays in a band called v streets um we've we talked endlessly about this because he's from northern california like modesto which is like way just out out there and he, he told me once, like, I just started to create my own conversation versus trying to like piggyback or like be a part of someone else's. And so I think, you know, New Friends Fest is like a, a good example of that, of three awesome individuals that were like, 
hey, we just want to make an awesome Screamo scene for our community and have, and, and then people gravitate towards them when they go to that. And the same could be said about any festival or any person doing stuff that's like really and truly local focused. Um, so yeah, like I really want every scene to have sold out shows and have lots of people and also just recognizing it's like, yeah, like California is going to have 2000 people. I don't expect 2000 people to show up at a show in Tulsa, but I know people that are working out there that are trying really hard to make that a spot for people to go play shows and 300, 400, even 500 people might show up. So I think really just being involved in your scene versus trying to like have FOMO about what's happening elsewhere is something that needs to, uh, you know, obviously take inspiration, but don't just take that and then do nothing when you go home. Well said. Some of the best bands I've seen have maybe played to 100, 200 people at tops. And some of the best shows I've seen have been like 50 people and like 10 of them are in the pit with me. So, right, right. Um, since we, we were talking about Canada, I did have a couple Canada questions. So we'll just jump to that segment. Oh my quick. gosh. Is this trivia? <laughs> no, no, God, no. Okay, good. I'm not that cheesy. I'm pretty fucking cheesy though. Uh, do you have a favorite Canadian band? If you had to pick one to put on that pedestal, so to speak. Um, I love that Prowl from Montreal is back playing shows. Right. They, to me, they are the Canadian power trip. They are riff central uh some some of my favorite people uh they came through calgary many a time and then wrote this insane record in 2019 and then just kind of sat on it obviously COVID happened and they have just kind of made their return and i love seeing them play shows and there's a show i will not say what it is but we endgame and prowl will be playing a show together um or maybe a fest together that's all i'll say because i might actually get in trouble (laughs) but (laughs) that band is insanely good uh so i'll give props to them um yeah i would say they are if i'm giving if i'm gonna give that spot to one canadian band it's them okay so least favorite canadian band Oh, you can't do that. Um, what, like Nickelback or something? I'm, I'm not talking like hardcore dude, punk. Dude, Nickelback or... is an amazing Canadian band. Yeah, backed for sure. But yes. they, they get shit on a lot. So I was just curious. Yes. But unread, my friend, my good friend, uh, Dave from Shallow End said, all it would take for people to fully embrace Nickelback is a couple hardcore kids that made a Nickelback-esque hardcore band. And then people would be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's totally fair. I kind of hope it's not wrong. He's true. And like, I might have to be the person to like actually do it, but I don't know that that will be later on a hardcore cover of hero. Just for the record, the song (laughs) we did for the Spider-Man soundtrack. What's yes. Um, okay. Least. Okay. Yeah. Cause I can't think of any current bands. So I have to think of maybe or something. Um, Hmm. I'm, I'm trying to think. I'm like, okay, that, that actor is Canadian, but they don't make music. Um, I don't know. Justin Bieber? Like, his, his shit nice. is fine, but... That's the answer I wanted, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Dude just annoys me. His music's also fine. He just kind of annoys me. Looks a little like, I don't know. 
it's and he's just a person yeah. that that exists like i keep forgetting that he even came from like a small little town in ontario <laughs> um fun fact yeah my aunt lives in a tiny little like lake suburb um in the kitchener area okay. and when justin bieber bought a a lake house across the lake from her so she weirdly was like oh taking all these stories and then like tagging him being like hey just like when he was actually there i'm like and what? like kim you need to chill out <laughs> Yo, like that's so bad <laughs> shout, out, shout out to kim that's hilarious <laughs> she'll she'll never hear this but um yeah. i love you but i think it was a little weird <laughs> all right all right favorite canadian food something that's exclusive uh, to our our little part of the world so a lot of people would say poutine or poutine but i right. would say breakfast poutine breakfast is, poutine. which is a calgary i think is a calgary exclusive so breakfast poutine um is like you get your hash browns and then you get like you know if you're into the meats you can get some like bacon bits or like you know shaved whatever uh, right. i'm just vegetarian so i keep that out um then it's like green onion yams and then all with like hollandaise sauce on top oh you lost me at hollandaise sauce it's not my i'm not into it See, I didn't like hollandaise sauce until I had breakfast poutine. So I'll just say that. Um, I'm trying it and I keep not enjoying it. I don't know. I'll give it a minute. Yeah. I, when we moved here, it was like, is Calgary the only spot that has breakfast poutine? And I've gone to many places in Canada and just never found it. Uh, I've never so, heard of it like that either. That's wild. So yeah, shout out to all the breakfast poutine uh, places in the world, uh, <laughs> specifically the Calgary ones. Uh, but that would be my pick for Canadian foods. All right. Well, I'm glad I asked that now. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever actually even heard the show, but I, I like to ask a couple of really silly questions near the end that I'd like to think other people aren't asking. Mm -hmm. um, one of my favorites being, that, you know, assuming you're not a pacifist, if you could punch anyone in the face as hard as you can, with no repercussions, who would it be and why? Oh, I know you're a pretty nice guy, but there's got to be something. Yeah, I'm not a fighter, but the and I'm I'm very non-confrontational, so the no repercussions is really a, a great <laughs> add in there. Man, I don't want you to start fighting. Great I just want question. You to, to clock him and him have him or her or whoever have no choice but to just take a take a shot. Hmm. Oh man, this could go so many ways because you could do like people in music or you can just do like big giant celebrities. You get one punch. One, oh, I'm a one punch man. Um, one punch, one person. Oh man, you got my brain going. <laughs> it's like, I'm literally, I have to choose violence and it's like, oh, now the, the options are open. Um, Man, there. <laughs> I have to edit. No, you thinking? <laughs> I almost want you to keep it in because I I feel like the anticipation or like I I, I need to commend you because this is a, a fantastic question. Thank you. Um, there's a, um, I'm blanking on what his name is right now, which I, um, Google the target. 
Google the targets. <laughs> um, okay. One punch, no repercussions. I think I would punch Alex Jones. Why? Do you know who that is? I'm blanking. I know the name. Um, uh, he did Infowars. Right. He's a very just Oh, crazy... is he the, I got a guy for this? The bald guy? Is that the Infowars guy? No, that's that's. He's crazy. the guy that said uh, f- f- frogs being in the water are turning people gay. Okay, that's Alex Jones. Yes. Yeah. He, 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 he said that. some wild ass things. Yeah. Um, and I think it would just be funny. Doesn't it would be funny. Like his own show and shit too. Like a he's been banned show? off of YouTube. Right. right. Okay. Now I know multiple times. About. So he yeah, does yeah. have shows, but they're like buried on like random little streaming sites, like conservative streaming sites, mind you. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, that's that's one that came to mind. I was thinking about like certain people off of like making poor creative decisions. I was like, is there anyone at Disney that I can punch for messing up Star Wars, which I love so much? <laughs> but I feel like that was not worth that one punch. So I think you know, Alex Jones it's good. It's good. It's a is answer. a good one. He hasn't, yeah, no one said that yet, and he really deserves it. The Obi-Wan yes. series I thought was fantastic, though, just in terms of Star yes. Wars. They've been really I'm, th- I'm thinking of like main Disney trilogy. Oh, okay. Um, so maybe uh, a close second would be like, Ryan Johnson. Um, <laughs> like, that movie is ter- Like, all those movies are bad, but that one specifically is bad. Just exceptionally bad, eh? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know if Disney has necessarily redeemed themselves with some of the shows, but, like, there's a lot of rebuilding that needs to happen. <laughs> um, also, you know, if I could... Now I'm just like telling people I would punch, which is maybe <laughs> it's, it's a lot more punches in your head than you the thought. Per- I have not watched the Paramount Plus Halo show because I, I it's why is that a thing. Why is it a thing? Yeah. It's something that like I when people are like, are you going to watch it? I was like, there are some IPs that just are too like are too holy to me that I know that any big corporate conglomerate or whatever or like media enterprise however you want to say it is gonna fuck it up and when i heard that they revealed master chiefs like showed his face i was like yep it that's the ultimate sin to me so i would punch the person (laughs) whoever made that decision in some fucking board meeting or whatever I think you now have the not just a phase title belt for your uh, most punches <laughs> handed out. That's three people. I didn't. I didn't even know if you give me. I one. am you not three. someone that fights people. Don't come for me. Um, I am a lover, not a fighter. Um, but maybe I. Maybe twenty twenty three is the year I start punching people. Maybe I've awakened but, something here. <laughs> yeah, maybe you have. have this is the something? this is the origin villain moment. On the podcast, the so cl- clip that when I become truly evil. <laughs> oh my god! Um, shit, what did I have now? <laughs> I gotta look at my questions. List. What did I have here? Oh yeah, so a new one. I'm starting to ask a uh, question. I I think no one's probably asked you before. Uh, what's the most illegal thing or dangerous thing you've ever done? If it's illegal, <laughs> you know, leave out names. But uh, yeah. Um, 
I, it's funny because I'm a pretty, and I'm not just saying this, I'm a pretty like golden boy. I was first, first born in my family. So like, I felt like I just like, wasn't in that position to just be like doing the sketchiest shit. I feel like when I, like, I'm the only person in my family that's doing all this stuff. So it's always funny where like, you know, my, the middle child of my family, like had the crazy parties without as you know, asking my parents and my brother maybe did his own things. And I'm just like that, but I am in this culture where like a lot of people have done even crazier things. So, you know, it, that to me is kind of funny. Um, I stole someone's Lego when I was like six and I think I still feel guilty about that. That can't be the answer. (laughs) That can't Um, be the answer. That's not even illegal. No, another kid's Lego pieces, like yeah, I yeah, that's that would not hold up in in court or anything like that. Um, I want the dirt, man. I want the dirt. You you want my dirty laundry? Um, I do. I don't think anyone's ever aired it. I want to hear it. Um, I don't know, man. Like nothing really is like, oh, like here's my deep dark secret, because like. I, I'm a firm believer in just like putting my shit out and like, yeah. you know, it's the, this is a good, bad and, and the ugly. And I feel like a lot of people who know me will know my intent and like any, anything that's like truly fucked up, it would be like, okay, well that's just a misstep versus like, Spencer's well, sure. was actually sure. a fucked up person, but I want to give you a good answer for your Mr. show. Mr. Wholesome law abiding citizen. <laughs> I'm really the most dangerous shit. You've anybody ever listening that doesn't know me is like, Oh, you haven't done something fucked up. Um, most dangerous then since you clearly are a very most dangerous citizen yeah hmm. i i need a i think i need a you might need to snip some of this i might need a second just think but to actually think about this all right take your time i'm gonna take a uh quick washing break sure i've just been slamming back water but it's gotta be better than stealing some kid's legs <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm thinking All right. All right. What do you got for me? So this not might not be exactly the answer, but this this is what I will say. I think everyone was dealing with their own levels of um, you know, paranoia or like actual concern when it came to like when is the right time for me to start going back to shows, uh, when you know that started to pop up. And as you know, shows in Canada really didn't make a return until like late 2021, even even into um, 2022, just with how, you know, waves and, you know, lockdowns and things like that happen. We just I think, yes, I think we just started. I think that the states had a bit of a leg up because they are just like, we don't give a fuck. And like, uh, you know, just... I love all, all my friends in the States, but did, I think that was just the thing where it's like, yep, I think we can go on to this. And I think Canada was just a little bit more, you know, hesitant to do that. So I feel mm-hmm. like danger, you know, I mentioned earlier that I was diagnosed with Crohn's. So I'm like just outside of the, the realm of someone that is autoimmune. So, you know, that means that anytime I do get sick, whether it's COVID or not, it's like, it just takes me a lot more time to uh, make a full recovery. So like, even like 
I went on tour like a few weeks ago and I still have like some sniffles that I'm like dealing with. And I'm just like, so that's, that's something that I take with a grain of salt, but I also am not like someone that tries to allow that to be an excuse to hold me back. So I feel like looking back on it, it definitely was like a lot of things could have gone really South. Cause I went the first hardcore show that I went to back um, was Northern Alliance 2021. It was like right at the end of July. Um, it was in Sacramento, California. So I had to like fly down there. I had to do all like the COVID testing, um, you know, masks at the fest because it was kind of like a combo, like it's partially outside and then it's also inside, but the, they had these giant like garage doors at this biker bar. So it's like, you know, there's airflow. I feel like that plus that it's the first show back plus with, you know, shout out to cam who brought me out. He was like, you're going to see some cruise shit this weekend. So there was like certain people that definitely had it out for others. There was lots of fights me realizing that like there was potentially, you know, as a Canadian, we don't really think about like people that just have like registered open carry weapons, just like chilling with them at the festival. But I feel like (laughs) looking back, I pro- there was probably the as much COVID in the room potentially as there were weapons that could be drawn out at any time, you know, and that could be knives, guns, this, that, or the other. Right. Um, it's and I'm saying all this because like I love the entire Northern Alliance gang, but I think that's just the mentality when you're in California at a hardcore festival versus in Toronto or Calgary. So it's just yeah. it's a totally different world. Um, yeah. and plus just all the stuff with covid and like i totally could have caught it and then not tested uh negative and then could have been stuck down there for two weeks which i financially was never prepared for but um i am someone that was just like this is too important to me i want to make it happen and like do not regret it for even an instant um but yeah i've you know that is definitely there was moments where it was like well, we are really in it right now. <laughs> so, Sketchy environment. <laughs> shout out to the Reno Hockey Mask crew, which is just a bunch of dudes that wear like the really old school goalie masks. And I saw them like get into it with some individuals, um, you know, that might have not moshed correctly or whatever the fuck. Um, but it was it was wild. So I don't know. I'm, my nose is pretty clean when it comes to getting into trouble or, or any of that, but that was definitely something that comes to mind. So sorry if that's not a good enough answer for you. That's a great answer. It's a great answer. (laughs) Uh, It's a good answer too, because it really explains like it is a whole fucking different world over here than it is there. I've never even like, I've seen a gun in my life a couple of times, but they were from like, you know, drug dealers and criminals, not just like people at a fucking show with a piece on their hip. That should not happen here. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's, it's a totally different world, but like I've done your regular level of like pushing the limits of anything that's like show related, whether it means driving to a show in Edmonton and driving back the same night and being tired on the road or like, you know, not eating for an entire day because I'm filming a festival, but yeah, I don't know. I'm a, (laughs) I like to have fun, but I also know when i'm putting myself in this situation and when i'm not too so (laughs) 
Well, let's uh, let's get back to the music just as we're getting towards. Because all my dangerous stories are so boring. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, album of the year for 2021. What do you think? Which album do you think you played the most of? And if it's not necessarily album of the year, but what do you think you spun the most? It's interesting you asked this question because uh, I'll just give a little plug. Um, my last, my year-end project that I did for Scoped was um, this thing that we called the Scopies, which essentially was like a award show um, that, you know, that I'm going to do annually that kind of gives recognition to albums, EPs, breakout artists, photographers, um, all those people that like really work really hard. Um, and you know, we're to, like, I, on my flight home from new friends, I started to like kind of piece together, like, you know, categories and started to put down a couple ideas as far as what should be on, on the roster. Um, I, so I'm, as I, I'm referencing that as I'm pulling up the actual albums of 2021, um, list and kind of going over what, what I personally think, um, which is funny because a lot of these I'm like, are those the album of the year for me? Um, so uh, I don't, hmm, okay. I'm going through, now I'm going through my master list of all of the albums that came out in 2021. So I'm kind of just scrolling through and seeing if there's one thing that really stands out to me. Cause that's the thing about me. I just like, I listen to so much music okay. that Same. Yeah. sometimes it's it's really a lot of things get lost like did that come out in 2020 or did that come out in 2021 or is that this year list though that's uh that's something <laughs> sorry this is dead air you might need to cut this out that's totally fine i have lists or keep it in a, i don't have a showcase that list. i don't have the answer queued up <laughs> and and as far as albums we're talking about like this is like uh, a full record this is an the ep album. Yeah, this no is a split okay. the album you played the most of 2021 yes the album i played the most on the master do, 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 do. list man <laughs> i know when i see it i'll be like oh yeah that's obvious um but then Here's the thing with hardcore is that there's, there's a lot of stuff that's just EPs these days. I'm like, oh, that can't count. Man. Yeah, this is a tough one. I'll cut, I'll cut out some of the shit in between. Shout out to future Rob. Make me look good, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, th I have my answer. And, you know, 13 years later, I found it. Um, the thing is I listen to a lot of hardcore, but I do also listen to a lot of, um, soft, like softer music, which kind of just is like helping because I can't listen to hardcore when I'm editing podcasts or editing sets. Cause it's already like, it's just two levels. So I like to have something that kind of just is in the background. Um, I like a lot of really soft, like singer songwriter people. So the album I definitely listened to a lot of 2021 on repeat was um, This Is What It Feels Like by an artist named Gracie Abrams. Um, she was just putting out all these singles and I was just like, consume them on no end. I really love her voice. And I just, I like that 
it's not like sad girl music, but it's kind of like that. Um, I just like something that is like a good song. It's like, I like the voice of the person that I'm listening to and it's easy to listen to. I find that a lot of artists within that subgenre also have like shorter songs. So they're not into like the three and a half to four minute mark. So they're like really repeatable. Um, so that I think is the true answer versus trying to be like, Yo, it's definitely God's hate um, with the title, you know, the, the, the album name God's hate, hate, specifically the track God's hate, you know, yeah. like I could go that route, but I, that's the real answer. Kind of what I expected to be honest was, uh, was a hardcore album. So pleasant surprise for the answer. <laughs> Sorry. It took like, you know, a millennium to get it, but uh, yeah, I wanted to make sure again, like I, it goes back to what we we're saying with the answer earlier is that like, I'm not someone that really thinks about like, Oh, I got to put on this persona or like say the thing that, you know, people might think or expect. Right, I right. really am a believer of just like putting everything out and being super authentic and that, you know, people truly know what I'm about and that I got, you know, the, the right intentions with, with everything. And I'm uh, sorry to anyone who thought that I was going to pick your record, and I didn't. So. <laughs> and through the magic of editing, no one will know that it took you 13 fucking minutes to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I've just, I've just outed myself by saying it so many times. That's amazing. Um, so this answer, or that, this question should be easier to answer. God, you, I hope so. <laughs> what do you listen to that could be considered shameful? cringy or embarrassing uh we brought up nickelback um yep, i jammed yep. that record a lot um i i've kind of gotten around to like i don't think that there are i think guilty pleasures is a is a whack term i think you should just listen to what you like and just do that um i am but bands that are considered to be guilty pleasures even if they're not by yourself like you, you knew Nickelback immediately could be considered a guilty pleasure by others. Totally. If not yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, yeah, I think that's up on there. I'm trying to think of what's on my, I think anything with, within that. I love Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I think she's great. I think her new records are really, really good. Um, hmm. I think there's a rap artist named NF that I think is phenomenal. Um, but I, you know, and it's funny because a lot of my friends, when I, whenever I post his, uh, his, his music are like, oh, he's like the, the young Slim Shady as far as just like, you know, a, a white rapper in, 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 uh, in, in that kind of space. Okay. Um, I think his flow is, is, is great. I think a lot of, you know, there's definitely a lot of songs that he has that I'm like, these are my motivation songs when it comes to just like, you know, as far as giving me some extra push of being able to do what I do. Um, so I really like him. And I feel like if I'm giving one more quote unquote cringy or unexpected artist or style of music that I really like. Um, I really like we, we like when we were on tour we were just doing like a 2000s like 
punk and like pop punk playlist and so many fucking classics were coming on um i think i don't like billy talent's not cringy i know a lot of people Ooh, don't like they're to me <laughs> oh, they are to you okay so yeah i'll choose them i think billy talent like hot take i think billy talent um was like the canadian blink Canadian Blink. Yes. Interesting. I actually I actually do like a couple Billy Talent songs, but overall not a massive fan, so. Mm -hmm. But they are I, a great band. They are a great band for what they I, do. Yeah. I think those first couple records super good songs, super catchy. I think any band that would do like the intro to like Devil in a Midnight Mass, like people would go off for it. Um Yeah, I don't know. You got my you got my, got my brain going with like, what do people consider cringy? Because like I just think sickish stuff is sick, or it just doesn't <laughs> hit, and then I just don't listen to it. Like yeah, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, I got two questions left here. Um, we'll do uh do a good one here. You could give the world a gift. What would it be, and why? Does not have to be a material possession either. Does it have to make sense? Like, does it have to, like, does the technology and the ability of, to be able to do it make sense? No, this question, you can be as unrealistic and imaginative as possible with your answer. I'll give an imaginative and then like an actual answer. Um, and it, this comes off of when I had Scott Vogel from Terror on, on the podcast. And it, this was his, I, it, we, we, it was almost like Vogel inventions, which I thought was really funny. Uh, but he said, for every band, he would offer the ability to teleport uh, and snap your fingers and just be at wherever you need to play next. And that would be a band-only invention. A great that wouldn't be like, oh, I want to go to this fest in California. I think we as, as a society are already very like, I need it now, gimme, gimme, gimme. So there does need to be that level of like, I have to drive or travel to go see these bands and, and spend the money and, and all that. Um, but, you know, for bands who are doing that, where it's like hella expensive and you're pay getting paid, whatever, the ability to ex nay owning a van or like having to do that and just being able to be like, all right, thanks for the show. And then you're in, you know, the next city that would, that would be the, the one, you know, kind of game changer. Game, the game changer thing for for sure um i think i think a lot it would be su super easy to be like world peace or no one's hungry or <laughs> it's a great which place. like obviously <laughs> like I, I feel like the person to give that gift should not be spencer of scoped exposure if that makes sense <laughs> why not <laughs> i don't know i feel like that's too much social responsibility um <laughs> but if we're keeping things in the realm of music and hardcore i would take out the need for canadian artists of all genres uh to, to need a visa to go to the states to play i would do that like no questions asked i think the the aspect for u.s bands to come up uh, obviously you need a passport to do that, but to need like uh, a working visa when you're getting paid like a hundred dollars to $150 for a show is bananas. So, 
Um, I would take that out for sure. I feel like that's, that's an appropriate level of thing of a great impact that I could give to the world, but I'm sure there's people listening that are like, fuck Spencer. He didn't solve world hunger or cure no, cancer with He just this helped question. out Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's where we're based. So I'm going to start there and that's then I'll, I'll go up from there. You gotta, you gotta start at home. Yes. When you're making yes. a difference. I, I, I firmly believe that. Well, I guess uh, we'll wrap it up. Five minutes remaining. Um, what's coming up for Scoped and Endgame this year? Any spoilers you can leak? Anything you want to promo? And then any last shout-outs? Any plugs? Any causes you want to speak about? Literally fucking anything you want to talk about? The mic's yours. The floor's yours. We'll say our sayonaras, and then we'll, uh, we'll play an outro track. Yeah, well, first, Rob, I just want to say thank you for having me on. Uh, it was great to you know finally meet you and, and speak uh, with you at New Friends. And, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that we, you know, didn't table this for a long time. Uh, I just like, you know, the relevancy was clear for us just to jump on a call and to do this. And I appreciate you giving me, um, you know, a platform to speak about all my shit. Um, speaking of all my shit, um, Skoke Five Year again is August 26th and 27th in Calgary, Alberta, celebrating all things Western Canada hardcore with Strife, Tsunami, Scowl, I Am, Karma, Gates to Hell, ballista um change there's so many amazing bands and i feel like i would say if i ever brought anyone uh value uh through me filming your band or having you on my podcast or just giving you any kind of plugs i would love it if you could make your way down to calgary uh to hang out and, and have fun with us so uh again uh tickets for that are at damagecontrol.store um there's single days there's weekend passes uh we really just want it to be an awesome time and i really hope to see as many cool faces there and hopefully we'll have time and at least it it being my festival i can tell bands when to start versus like you know if i'm in between having a conversation with someone and then someone's like oh the band's starting it's like not until i say so but uh, you know that's that's a whole other thing um end game uh has new new music uh, on the horizon so make sure you uh check that out we're on the the gram and any streaming platform so anything to listen to that is sick um we're playing the scope five year we're playing hold your ground fest in toronto uh we're playing northern alliance in california we're playing Snow and Flurry Fest in Minneapolis, as well as Act Like You Know in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Endgame will be going global <laughs> as soon as we can. And, uh, you know, I just really appreciate anyone who's checked us out and, and given us a plug. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's truly crazy to be playing in a band that's just getting this much love. And uh, it just puts more fuel in my tank to... Uh, to be able to like just write the best riffs that I can and, you know, have fun. So, um, yeah, uh, you could follow me, uh, at spicy Spence underscore, um, scoped exposures on Instagram. Um, if you like beverages, you know, you can come, you can DM me your favorite, you know, soda or sparkling water and I'll definitely check it out. Um, drink liquid death. Um, shout out to Jessa from damage control. Who's, you know, my ride or die. Um, shout out to um, my parents for letting me stay at their place for New Friends Fest uh, and just raising me, I guess. Um, shout out to my dogs, Marty and Minnow. Um, shout out to my guitar. 
And shout out to you, Rob, for again, having me on your show and just being an awesome um, podcast host. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I think that was uh, the longest shout outs list in the history of not just a phase <laughs> podcast to this date might even be the longest episode to this date. Uh, I'm just out here trying to set new records yeah. uh, and, new, and new standards for you to just, throw. Just trying to get those title belts, right? Exactly. <laughs> Put it on the I, wall. I appreciate this so much, man. This has been a hell of a fun chat. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I really hope I can see you again as soon as possible on the show. You definitely will. And yeah, anytime that we can do this again, I would jump at the chance too. So uh, thank you. Passions!